0: Hello, it's Shelley F Knight, bring you positive changes a self-kick podcast. the show we're joined by Aruna Krishnan and she is a strategy consultant author and a podcast host so hello
1: there Aruna. Hi Shelly it's so nice to be on your show.
0: Oh bless you thank you for being here today. Please do share your story about how you've created a positive change.
1: Yeah so I I have to go back about 10 years to Talk about that transformation. So, about 10 years ago, I was really at a low point in my life. So, there were some relationships that weren't going as I thought they would. And I just didn't know what was wrong or how I could rectify it. But it was, it just put me in a really low point. I felt a lot of despair. And that's what triggered me to say that I need to figure out how to get out of this, and now that I think about it, I didn't even realize that it was depression, but it was it was depression, and uh, I guess partly is there's not enough education about that, and I just I just wrote it off as yeah, I'm feeling really down, I need to figure out what this is but In a way, it's good that I didn't know that because I I, uh, looked to different options to solve my problem. And the first thing I felt was I needed to go search the spiritual route just to figure out, okay, how can I help myself feel better? And so I went to the library, so I was very good about going to the library, and I researched literally all the different uh, spiritual, religious avenues, and this was really interesting because I looked at Hinduism, and I'm a Hindu by birth, I looked at Islam, I looked at Christianity, I looked at Buddhism, Sikhism, you name it, and every book I read at the end of it, at the core of it, it was like it tells you that it's all really up to you and the changes you make is in your mind and you have the power which was extremely powerful I'm like really like uh, so and for me it was like okay well I'm at this point and I can try I'm open to anything and for me I felt the thing that was the most easy to implement would be mindfulness because that's really me my tools and uh putting my, basically experimenting. So I got some books uh, more on mindfulness to say, okay, how do I go about this? What is the meditation uh, techniques? And what should I be thinking about? And what kind of results should I be expecting? So then I, I did more of a very structured meditation thing. Um, So with 20 minutes every morning, having my little space, having my light. So it it was really good because I think I needed that. And what that did for me in the beginning is just clean a lot. I I call it like a cleanse or, you know, releasing all that baggage that I was holding on to. It gave me a lot of clarity on the relationships. And the thing is, I saw results, I could say definitely within a month the way I was approaching my husband, the way I was approaching my kids, the way I was approaching my coworkers. So so then it, it, it felt like this is the right direction. And this is the direction I need to use with some of the more challenging relationships in my life and resolve some of that pain. And and actually not just resolve, but let go of something. Because the big lesson I learned is like, if if I say today, look i'm going to let go of this pain that happened for the last 10 years it can happen right mm-hmm. it's that we just hang on to it we make a choice to hang on to it and it's it's unnecessary right so that's what i realized because uh, cuz i you know i'm sure you've experienced this Shelly where you have a relationship and then you think you're over it but then there's a trigger that comes and you're like oh my goodness, this person (laughs) did this to me. And you take that victim stance, right? It's just because you just haven't say, let's move forward. Let's get, you know, let's release the past, but it's about going forward. And how am I going to approach this person starting today so that we can have a healthy relationship? And that's what I started to use once I got that clarity. And, uh, and and i started to see like you know what they say right when you are positive towards someone it's almost inevitable that their their attitude towards you is going to change right not that you go in with that expectation but it's you can control what you do you can't control what others do so just embracing that type of attitude and I'm making, I'm really simplifying this, but this is a process, right? It can take a year. It can take two years, but it's about really sticking with it and having the conviction because I think my stress levels dropped so much. I became so much happier, just content in life. And then it really led me to even my own personal transformation be beyond that because it just gave me clarity and life was not about what people tell you to do. Life is about what you want to do and what difference you want to make in your life and for others.
0: I love that. I could really relate when you said like you got to that point in your life where you like, I'm going to try it all. I had a year, I think it was 2013 and Aruna, Mm. I tried everything sort of like cycling, exercise, baking, meditation, absolutely everything. And not everything worked for me, but it was a blast.
1: (laughs) You said, you know,
0: (laughs) I was truly living in that year. It was just amazing and I loved it. So I totally get the try it all.
1: Mm. I also
0: love the let go. I get that because you sort of, I don't know. It's a kind of societal thing, isn't it? Where we think, I don't want to forgive because then I'm letting them off the hook, but it, it's right. not, is it? It's right. letting yourself almost exactly. off the
1: hook. Exactly. And, and something that I learned and it's so true. And I, you know, sometimes I can be a math nerd, but this is so true. Like every time you think about something negative, the, the strain it puts on you is really compounded, right? Like compounded interest. <laughs> like the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, it, that pain may have been at a scale of one when it happened. But if you keep talking about it over the years, it starts to feel like a nine or a 10, you know, you just lose yeah. sort of perspective. And I think the more you tell yourself about the
0: situation, it becomes a belief because a belief is just something you tell yourself time and time again. Right. So if you're saying like, well, you did this to me, you did this to me, you did this to me, which is your <laughs> perception. You've convinced right. yourself by the end, And then it's harder to let go, isn't it? It's like another exactly.
1: layer.
0: Exactly. Do you like the word surrender? I love the word surrender.
1: Surrender. Um, that's an interesting word. Um, in what context do you use it? So when you say you let go of a situation, yeah.
0: I kind of surrender to an outcome. So I just trust there's a bigger force oh. looking after me.
1: Oh, so if yeah. I don't
0: feel I can let go of it, I surrender it to the universe or something and just oh, see what happens. Yeah.
1: yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. So kind of what we talked about, if if you can't control that outcome, you know, it's like, let it be. So I guess that's the same as surrender. Like, yeah, move on. If you can correct it, do it. If you can't move on, deal with it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I do.
0: Bless you. So you had this depression. You didn't really recognize as a depression. What Mm -hmm. kinds of signs and symptoms did you have in case someone listening today might be in the same place as you?
1: Yeah, it was not definitely feeling down. I mean, there's probably a lot of nights where I laid in bed, I was crying. I felt disengaged, like you're going through the motions, but you're not really there. Um, And even talking to people, it was a pain. I didn't want to talk to people, whether it was a family or whoever. I'm like, you know what? I just want to be alone because I don't feel good. You know, you just didn't want to connect with people. Those are probably the primary symptoms.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important. Actually, what you say about, I mean, the crying, yes, and things like that, but it is that kind of detachment, isn't it? When you start to withdraw, and yeah. I don't know if people are always aware of that, but when you start to withdraw because, you know, you don't know what to say, you can't be bothered to say anything, that yeah. is one of the signs to be looking out for.
1: Right, and that's a big one, and and I, I watch for that time and time again, and, and obviously we all have our ups and downs, but I think with some of what I've gone through and I've, my my training or training of my mind, I recognize it right away. You know, I'm not saying I'm fully cured. Yeah. There are certain days where, yeah, things don't feel so good, but then I recognize it and I have these tools to help me get through it and I apply those tools. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love what you've just said there. Like, you know, we still do have these days where it's just sticky, isn't it? Cause right. people always say to me, do you ever have a bad day or a duvet day Shelly? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, like I probably don't do it for two days, if I'm honest, but I do have bad days, but I just don't allow myself to go there for a whole week or something, do you know what I mean? That's so true.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you still have those bad days. Mm -hmm. You just recover much faster because you recognize it. And then that whole thing about it's in your mind and surrender, it, it gives you that clarity. It's like, okay, I know I'm making a bigger deal out of this and let me come out of this and figure out what can I do about this? You know, really be analytical, analytical about it. What can I do about this? And what is not in my control? And then move forward, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's key, isn't it? Probably in life, really, about looking at what we can control and what we can't. Right, right. Uh, Because you said about, like, letting go and applies there because sometimes we always want someone to say a certain thing like there's an apology or an explanation Mm -hmm. hold on to it don't we like the broken relationships we can't let go because we're thinking well I want this to happen this is what my mind is telling me but right no yeah we just make it worse sometimes and it's like can I control whether that person apologizes or not can I apologize how I respond to them not doing it and that's very different
1: right so there's two things there that i want to emphasize too with those expectations that is that can just make you feel worse so having those expectations just sets you up for disappointment right they're related Uh, higher expectations higher disappointments so and and the other thing too is if the if you're expecting someone from someone else turn that around and see like well what could have prompted this person to do it right because you, you, generally you're not trained to do that thinking from the other person's perspective, because you feel like, oh, oh this happened to me. And it's always that victim mentality, right? Yeah. And you have to change your mindset to say, well, well, maybe that person's actually having a bad day, or what could be going on inside that person to cause that kind of reaction. So be a little more i guess empathetic towards what they're going through or analyze and not to say that everybody that does something that affects you in a negative way has a story but more often than not they do and when you start to think about things in that way it 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 makes you more comfortable with that relationship you know where they're coming from and you don't take things personally and in fact i've seen like i People that I've had these bad relationships with, I feel like, oh, now I want to help you because now I know what's going on with you and what makes you behave in this way. And I, um, I, I feel not, not really, I feel sorry for you, but I empathize with you and I want to help you get to a better place.
0: I think that's beautiful. I mean, I talk a lot about people moving on from the past that they often like are trying to control an apology or solution in the past as you Mm -hmm. say it could be happening like you go to work and someone you think is horrible to you yeah but i love the way you put it because almost like we never know what anyone else is going through so when we're reacting to what this person we think is peeing us off with
1: yeah
0: it's probably because of our past our experience and they say they've got their own battle going on and it's nice how you turn it around and think actually what is it mirroring for me or what is their battle and it's beautiful
1: Right. And I think that has solved like uh, two critical relationships in my life. I mean, without naming those, but it's, I struggled probably with those relationships for a good uh, 20, 15 years, you know, just not understanding and probably it's maturity. And it really took me to get down to that point and search for those answers. And then I realized, oh my goodness, these people have so much baggage that they're hanging on to and you know people put on this defense mechanism let's say there's there's two type of people people that have been hurt in the past they put on this armor and now it's like anybody they react with is like everything has to be my way because I've been hurt in the past so when you see that people are doing that you're like okay you know, chill, like, you you know, but you can let go, you're dealing with me, I get it, you know, and try and help them, you know, relax, and uh, maybe even talk them through some of that past, because I know that's what I was doing with this, one of these relationships where, like, I see you have all this pain, you got to let go, look at what all you have going on right now, all these positive things going on, and you can certainly try and help, but at the end of the day, that person needs to be willing to accept that help, you know, because the truth is some people love to keep hanging on to the, being the victim because that's how they get attention. But uh, I heard this quote the other day when I talked to someone who went through something similar and he said, don't be a victim, be a victor, which I think that's (laughs) such a great, uh, great quote because that's that's really how you come on the other side that's brilliant I like yeah. that a lot yeah i right. was thinking
0: like don't be a victim be a helper but yeah that's got a real ring to it doesn't it? right right so Flesha you talk about mindfulness and to me mm-hmm. mindfulness is about being in the moment mm-hmm. the power of now and all that yeah and often when I talk about it I say it's being in the moment even if you don't like what's happening in the right. moment
1: right right
0: is that mm-hmm. what mindfulness is for you, or is it breath work? What what do you mean by your mindfulness processes?
1: Yeah, so for me, yeah, definitely mindfulness is about being in the moment and being aware. I think awareness is a big thing. So, what what are what is my body feeling? So, being able to train yourself so that meditation trains yourself, trains you to. Recognize everything that's going on with you the moment it happens. So once I did, so I did like the very structured medi- meditation for close to two years, and then I realized like, let's say if I'm getting upset in a situation, I can feel it. It's almost like you know, like there's a little beep 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 beeps going on in my head, and it's like, okay, look, you're getting upset, and does it warrant you getting upset? That I I can stop myself right there, and you know remove myself from a situation or just say hey give me a few minutes because you're recognizing these symptoms in your body your heart rate's going up and so you you can stop yourself before you you know reel out of control so for for me mindfulness it's a big big about being aware about yourself about your surroundings to the point where you know Something really simple is like you're walking to work or you're driving to work, but you can hear every single thing. It's that clarity of being in that moment and not just daydreaming and driving. You're on autopilot. It's like be there. And even even when you're around people, to be able to pick up those vibes and that energy, there's really something true to that where it makes you a smarter person. Be aware, like they use expression, read the room, but you can't read the room if you're not there, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what it's about for me. I love
0: that because like, it's mindful. So it's like, you know, what's going on in your mind, but you're taking it down from the mind into the physical body.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like fully awareness. I think mindfulness is definitely the full body, right? Full body, soul, and, uh, and mind, right? We should rebrand it as mind bodyfulness
0: <laughs> 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 I quite like that. Yeah. So it's a lot of, almost like an energy work to it, isn't it? Cause I always talk like, I mean, I always talk about breath work and being aware of where you are. And I don't mm-hmm. know awareness is a key in a lot of like personal changes. We need to be aware of like who we are, where we mm-hmm. are, how mm-hmm. we're feeling and stuff like that. So is there? would you say it's energy work? Cause you'll say it's gone from your mind to your body, but then also you can be, you know, read people as well. And this kind of helps us move forward.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what we call emotional intelligence is, and and I think some, you can certainly develop it. And I feel like uh, some people might be already better at it. They call it EQ, right? Like your emotional quotient, like intelligent quotient, like you might be naturally more, uh, have a higher EQ than other people. You're just, just the way you're made, but not to say that you you can't improve your emotional quotient, but it's about Look at a person. Be able to tune into their expressions, or even just if someone's sitting like this or shrugging their shoulders, you you can just read something. And and maybe it's that energy that that you can just read the vibe. I guess you can call it a vibe, where you understand what somebody might be going through, or maybe it's the tone in their voice. Reading their nonverbals, right? Or, or Yeah, the tone in their voices, their verbal, but also reading their non verbals and try to understand what is going on, or if something is right or wrong. So just, it all comes from a little bit of that awareness. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I love it because I was thinking, is it intuition, but it's more than intuition. It's always like it was everything you're sort of like, Observing mm-hmm. them physically, like you know, right. when, they, when we was at school, they say when you go for the interview, don't cross your arms, cross your legs, be open. It's all that kind right. of how you present yourself, isn't it?
1: Right. But it's right. kind
0: of an energy, but an observation, being aware of yourself. so You know what's yours. So right,
1: right. It's just really I, again it goes back to that broader mindfulness. And I think when you have that clarity in your mind, you can actually observe much more, and I think you're more. Your mind is much more perceptive to some of those things so that's what it is
0: oh no absolutely love it i love the fact that when you're talking about how you created your positive changes it's not just about you it's about others around you and you have such empathy and compassion and i just think it's beautiful i just want to learn everything so hence all the questions today (laughs) (laughs) thank you so i love it it's very gentle very spiritual but your first book was called stop wait go which is Mm -hmm. sounds very practical so tell us about that
1: yeah you know I was inspired to write this book to really share my journey of how I made my change of how I approached my relationships and I thought I can't be the only one that has gone through this or struggle with this and I know I didn't just as I shared with you a couple family members that I was seeing struggle I'm like I really want to help these people and I know that there's other people like this so the stop, weight go. So this is fun. So I made it fun though, because I wanted it to be able to be reached from people in like eighth grade all the way through, you know, retirement. So make it super easy because mindfulness can be something people might say, yeah, that's not really my thing. So it's about bringing it where it's relatable to people. So what I did was I created this analogy between a busy intersection. So, and, and then relating that to a busy mind. So imagine a busy intersection without traffic lights, total and utter chaos, <laughs> accidents, cars crashing, not knowing what to do. Now think about your mind as that busy intersection because look at like, I'm a mom, you're, you're a working woman. I don't know if you're a mom, I, um, but you know whatever relationships you have, you're probably thinking, you probably have so many thoughts in one second, right? Yeah. Or, or the average person, if you don't have those traffic lights, you just have no control. It can be total and utter chaos. You're like a walking robot, you know? <laughs> like, what are, a I next? Whoop, you know? <laughs> and there's really not any forethought into what you're doing. So, so I have that system of let's apply traffic lights to our mind. So the stop is like start to recognize what is the thought in your head? How is your body feeling? Are you feeling relaxed? Or are you feeling angry? Or is your, so it's to ensure that you go through that analysis and the weight is like the time to do that analysis. Ask yourself those questions. Let's say somebody upset you and that's where that empathy comes in. Well, why did that happen? Is it something I did to prompt that? Is it something that they are maybe going through? And and just make sure. So once you've gone through that analysis and you have clarity on the situation, then the goal is, okay, proceed with your action because then you know you've gone through this process of thinking through everything. You're not just reacting emotionally, but you're reacting with the right intention. So that's the real summary of it. But then I in the book, I give lots of very simple, uh, relatable examples, whether it's a relationship between a husband and a wife or a parent and a child. And a couple other examples, but walking through how this process can be used and show how it it works.
0: I think it's so valuable. I have a friend, Doug, and he says the most beautiful thing that in the time there's a a pause in between when someone says something and when we react. And in that pause, it can be life changing. And that's what you're saying. Right. Like just stop before you react. And he says it's life changing. And it's true, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly it. Yeah. Taking that time. Yeah. I mean, don't want to be
0: robots and like thinking like, (laughs) stop, not going to respond, you know, but we do react very quickly. I know that's part of the human mind that, you know, we do react. Right. But we can also train the mind. It's brilliant, isn't it?
1: right exactly and and the thing is so and I talk about this in the book too is initially it might seem like okay this seems unnatural I can't go through life like this but the but the more you practice it it becomes instinctual so it might be a fraction of a second but you've gone through that analysis in your head right yeah so initially it's like an intentional okay I need to give me a second here (laughs) let me deal with myself but the more you do it it becomes pretty instinctual
0: and it can be hard. I don't think it's going to be an instant skill, like you're saying, right, like exactly. in that busy intersection on a really busy main road, or you know, your kids are going, "Mum, mum, mum, mum," and you're thinking, "Right, I'm going to do my, my stop, wait, go," and they're, you know, they're putting your leg, wanting crisps, and all this kind of thing. The dogs barking, and <laughs> right. it is hard to get that pause and that clarity. But as you say, right. it will come.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's like put things in perspective. And, and it's really also like saying that definitely I've dealt with the kids and everything coming <laughs> at, at me at once. It's that energy you give out also helps calm that situation. So in the sense that how I react, say, okay, kids, give me a second. Let's deal with things one thing at a time. You know, so literally slow down the way you talk and then they'll realize it like, okay, because if I talk to you like that, like with, with, with this type of voice, you're not going to talk back to me like, blah, 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 right. Because you want to talk back to me in the same, in the same way, because that's the tone of our conversation. And uh, it is kind of funny when I used to do that initially, my kids were maybe, uh, yeah, they were younger, they were six and nine and something like that. And, uh, they're, they, 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 noticed it cause I was intentionally <laughs> extremely slow <laughs> and they'll be like, oh my gosh. But then, you know, as I got, went through this journey and went through the transformation, even they say to me to this date, yeah, yeah, you really changed. You used to be very much, you know, I was very much, uh, my way or the highway mom. And then, mm-hmm. uh, definitely became more of the guide and work with my kids to, uh, you know to reach their goals or work with them to see how i can help them and they definitely saw the change in my attitude uh, yeah
0: i love that i think that was really honest to you to say that it's like you know i used to be like this kind of mum, but now i'm like this because right. you know we do have the bad days or like yourself we've gone through you know months and years of being that way but we can still right. change it's never oh, too absolutely. late
1: Absolutely, absolutely and i think that comes with you wanting to change and that's the biggest challenge right it's probably the biggest challenge to admit, hey, I need to change or you know, not you should never say something's wrong with me. I need to change because I need to have a better life or a happier life. And it's hard to admit it because the moment you say I need to change, you're no longer a victim. So if you're if you love being the victim and you like the attention of being the victim, you're never gonna admit that there's something that you have to change in your life.
0: I think that's really powerful. I had goosebumps then. Yeah. I don't know why this doesn't resonate. When you say, I need to change, I know when I used to do my past life regression clients or like my clinical hypnotherapy, I would never see people who said, Oh, my husband's told me I need to come or my friends right. paid for this. And I'm like, No, right. because as you said, it's really key. You need to want to change.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. I mean it's
0: no point me sending my husband along to do, I don't know what he wants to do? He was going to say weight right. loss but. but it doesn't come from other people. It has to come from us. So It's really key what you said that we need to be the ones that want to make the change. We need to be ready to make the change. And I think the way you phrased it, so was it, I
1: need to change. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that I need to change to fulfill my life.
0: It's just something about that. I'm just thinking it's really powerful and I just love
1: it. (sighs) Yeah, because, and maybe I say that because I've seen people that don't want to admit that that's the biggest thing for us to admit that, you know, we always make excuses like, oh, I'm human, I'm human. But, you know, having gone through change myself, like honestly, the person that I was 10 years ago and even people that i had, i had met in my childhood they came and they met me and i used to be much more of a different person maybe not so much out there i had it all in me but you know i was very reserved or you know maybe shy to some extent but that that was what i projected but until i Found myself that they came and visited me, like, oh my goodness, like you've changed (laughs) because I think I just had this freedom. You get this freedom from when you discover who you are and the power of who you are. And when you're happy, I guess you can just tell that when somebody is happy and comfortable with themselves. But yeah, going back to that, it's important. You, I mean, somebody won't change unless they admit that they need to change. Yeah, I guess that's the thing first step
0: yeah no I love it and I think it's really important what you said that even when we change
1: yeah
0: it's kind of a delayed effect before people realize just how much we've changed Mm -hmm. and it's like well Mm -hmm. you used to do this and you used to do that and it's almost as if they have a fear that you've created change that you've moved on (sighs) and there was a great quote I think it was on Pinterest from my Pinterest the other day and it's like if I've not seen you in two years, let me reintroduce myself. And it's <laughs> oh, quite yeah. feisty, but it's like, we are changing all the time. Or mm-hmm. maybe we should say, if we recognize the need to, we've yeah. changed, but people still hold us as they remember us. Right, right, right. And so it's really interesting that we discover ourselves, but then we have to reintroduce ourselves if those people are still with us as we right. carry
1: on, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because we yeah. sort of held back in the past with our own mind. And once we overcome that, then other people still hold us a certain way in their minds. Right, so there's right. a lot of change, isn't it? Like a ripple effect. When we change, we have to wait for everyone else to kind of catch up with <laughs> us.
1: Yeah. People do, people do notice it. And uh, sometimes it's confusing for them, you know, and, and, and change in general, right? People, it's hard for people, so sometimes it's like you can have very positive reactions to your change, or you may lose some friendships with your change because maybe, you know, that's that that's just life. Because I know that as I've changed and I've moved on, definitely certain relationships. I think you outgrow certain relationships because maybe you don't uh, quite match up, right? And and be ready for that, right? Mm-hmm. Be okay with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was having this conversation with my mum the other day and she said, uh, well, you haven't got many friends, Shelley, have you? (laughs) And I was like, well, no, not really. I just have the same really good friends. I've got like a spiritual one. I've got like like, one that talks to me about parenting. You know, I have kind of different friends for different areas of my life almost. Right. And my mum said, I've had the same friends for like 60 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily a good thing because that just means you're still the same kind of person. (laughs) Whereas my friendships do change. I mean, I'm not saying it's a right or a wrong, it was a mere observation. So my mum's got the same friend she's had for 60 years and they still get on, still have the same conversations. Whereas I have Mm -hmm. different friends, a lot of connections because I'm always changing. I'm a very curious soul, Aruna. And I'm always sort of (laughs) thinking, let me try this, try that. (laughs) Try it all like you said at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I think we're similar in that way It's always wanting to learn. And, you know, my my podcast is lead that thing. And that's something that I say with leaders is leaders are always curious, and they always want to learn. So they're constant learners. And uh, obviously, you have this podcast, and you're trying to bring, you know, enrich people's lives. That's your leadership and that comes from your your journey and recognizing this need to educate people and uh help them be happier. So kudos to you Shelley.
0: Oh bless you. It came, because I say I think I used to be shy. Like you were trying to phrase it earlier like am I introvert, am I shy? But it was after a horrible life-changing event, a real challenge in time psychologically. Mm-hmm. and it's what we call a semicolon moment where I could have chosen to end my life and my story there but I found the strength to carry on mm-hmm. and at the time and even looking back I think how the hell did I <sighs> but the fact I did and I've got tools that I
1: used yeah
0: I just think it would be really selfish not to share that
1: exactly you know I
0: mean? I'm not saying I'm like a guru but I just think if I can help save lives or change lives, then that's kind of a service that I'd like to do in this life. So not everyone's a book reader, so they might not buy my book. So then I do the podcast and I'm on YouTube, you know, but I just think I've gone through a really sticky time, a time where I didn't know how to make it through or if I even want to make it through really. But the fact I have Mm -hmm. is why I do what I do.
1: We're like twins, honestly. Our stories are the same, really. Oh, wow. and we found each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, see, I'm an only child, but I've got a soul sister now. I'm happy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Bless you. Now you're way ahead of me because I've got book number two coming out next year, but you've actually written three books to help people. So you've got Mm -hmm. the Stop, Wait, Go, and then you've got Unpuzzled. Tell us a bit about that one.
1: Yeah. So Unpuzzled, uh, the inspiration of that came from when, uh, when I learned how to solve a Rubik's cube, right? And so my son is <laughs> is like a speed cuber. And I said, hey, I got to try this out because I tried it out before I had kids in like no ways. And uh, so I went through this process and I figured out how to solve it. And obviously there's a solution. I re- refer to the solution, but then the first time I solved it without referring to the solution, what I realized, and this is again, the mindfulness kind of comes in because you start to recognize patterns, right? So Unpuzzled really talks about uh, four Ps, which is like a universal way to approach a problem. So first P is recognizing those patterns. Second is having the patience to, you know, follow through with the with, with the problem because patient, uh, problems don't get solved overnight more, uh, more often than not. And then persisting. So that is like more about your will, right? I, I am going to keep working through this until I get through resolution. And the final P is practice. So the more you practice problem solving, the better and more natural you get at it. So using that framework, I show like universal problems and universal contexts on how we can apply those four P's along with a tool on, okay, how do we document our problems? How do we know we're making progress towards our problems? So really bringing that scientific aspect to problem solving because as people and as leaders, we need to constantly prob- solve problems. And it's not like, let's not look at it as this whole thing because it makes it harder for us to solve problems. Let's break it down. And, and I think the first step too, ties back to being aware, right? Recognizing the science and then break it down. So that that's really what the second book goes through. I
0: love that. I love the four Ps and just, this is of no use to anyone whatsoever, Aruna, but I've never done a Rubik's cube in my life. I know what one is. I've just never completed it. I've never won a game of Monopoly and I've never done a Rubik's cube. (laughs) I was kind of the naughty kid that used to pick the stickers off in hopes of trying to find it. Yeah, Yeah. that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless you. I've absolutely loved speaking to you today. I'm glad I found a solstice. I'm a happy woman. (laughs) Same here. Same here. But it's just beautiful. Just... Oh, I just think so many people are going to relate to you from that sort of like that depression, which you didn't recognize so clearly at first, but then the mm-hmm. steps, the mindfulness, you know, the puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. I'd absolutely love connecting with you. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me on, Shelley. This was great.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from Shellyfnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly Knight, life goes on. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing.